is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos Chicago Bears podcast. I'm your host, Jose Soto, and today we are going to have a very great episode on our hands. But first, let's go ahead and recap week one. Uh, I know there's still a lot of salt in everybody's mouth right now uh, as to just how this Bears team performed. I, I just want to go through my game notes. I, I went ahead watched the game uh, a couple different times. First first thing you we notice on kickoff is Tyler Scott's out there returning kicks. Uh, and the very first play of the game, we got a penalty on the Bears. Uh, starts, starts us off in some pretty bad field position right off the right out the gates. Um, but the Bears did have a good first drive. But you can notice right away, uh, it gets cut down right away. Uh, the Bears went ahead and go ahead and try two different quarterback sneaks, but one with Cole Komet and then the next one with Justin Fields. Again, very odd plays to be in that kind of position. Like, you're not even across the 50-yard line. Uh, you go with a gimmick quarterback sneak with Cole Komet, who probably has rarely ran this play in his career or even college career, high school, whatever you want to, you know, put him at. It's, it's not going to be like a comfortable spot for him to do this, this play. Instead of just going out there, getting into the goal line formation, uh, giving it, just give it to your fullback at this point. If you, if you really want somebody to have some power, uh, you can go ahead and put Roshan Johnson right away in that spot. Uh, but they didn't do anything like that, and they didn't put Roshan in the, into the game. It looked like until uh, it was a little bit out of hand, uh, and that and we it's not like we don't have a power back. I mean, he was drafted uh, to be very different from uh, Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman. Unfortunately, the Bears did not uh, get any movement or traction from their offensive line. And, and they got shut down right away, and the Packers take over. And it looked like the Bears' defense was uh, slowing them down, stopping them on that first drive. Uh, there was some big plays by uh, Tremaine Edmonds as well as Tyreek Stevenson. So you kind of see that there's some life, there's some hope uh, in this Bears' defense right out of the gate. There's some intensity going on. But there was no stops on the on the plays that mattered on third down. And uh, it just seemed like the Bears were working backwards a lot in this game. Uh, again, in that first quarter, there's a lot of weird motion going on, um, which seems to have caused a lot more penalties than we needed. A lot of these offensive linemen seemed like they didn't understand what their role was on some of these plays. Uh, there's a lot of plays where it looks like people don't even get touched, and, and that's uh, the reason why some of these plays ended up being negative yard plays. There's a lot of tackles for a loss for that Green Bay Packers team, and a lot of it had to do with the offense in general not being in any kind of sync, and it just was atrocious to watch uh, from the very beginning, it seemed like. Um, again, momentum kept getting killed. I know Braxton Jones was said to have been one of 
are better offensive linemen um, on this game, but he uh, committed a lot of penalties. I mean, we were talking about a false start, um, and and it get just kept getting worse and worse. The momentum getting killed uh, just by first down penalties, and this is just proof that. We need this offensive line to gel. We need these guys to come out here and all just be playing together, be practicing together. Yeah, that's a shot there to Nate Davis, who seems like he does not give a shit about being there to play, to, to practice with his team, get integrated on the squad. And his performance in week one 100% showed uh, what, what's going on there. You know, if you're not practicing, if you're not, you know, getting that cadence together, you're not, you know, getting a rhythm with your fellow offensive linemen, then we are going to be stuck in a, in a rut. And, and that's exactly where this offensive line was, in a rut the whole game. There just seemed to be, like, no discipline on that line. Again, uh, it went from one false start and then another another penalty on, on the next play, and there just seemed to be no discipline uh, from this offense. In general, you get uh, Chase Claypool giving an giving an opportunity early, drops a screen uh, that ends a drive. So it just there was no execution from the team, and there's you know so many people you can blame. You can go ahead and blame your offensive coordinator. You can blame the head coach. But at the end of the day, those eleven guys on the field. Have to take a lot of accountability because they are the ones performing. They are the ones who have to execute. So it does not matter if there was good or bad calls, uh, play calling, or game planning. At, at the end of the day, if we can't get anything consistently moving and creating points, then it's not going to make a difference. Uh, but again, like I said, that defense was making plays. We're talking about that first quarter defense. You know, like I said, there was some flashes from, from guys like Tyreek Stevenson, who had some tackles for a loss, as well as Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, but again, the first quarter, there's just a lot of left and right offense from the Bears passing game, and, and, and it was very disheartening to see. I mean, you go ahead and put all these weapons around Justin Fields. You kind of want to see that working out. But again, it's understandable when... You can't give the guy any time to even throw the ball. And, and we're just going to be stuck in the same place we were last year if we can't get this fixed right away. Um, so when the second quarter came around, it just seems like the offensive line started the quarter right away, uh, collapsed. Again, another pocket. Fields fleeing again for his life. Uh, gaining positive yards, but this is not what... Anyone's expecting from the Chicago Bears. Nobody wanted to see, you know, Fields coming out, having to again run for his life, not showing off what he can do with his arm. He actually had a pretty okay day all in all, uh, besides, you know, a cup, uh, one fumble and an interception. Again, the fumble, again, running out of the pocket, running for his life. Not going to put too much, you know, weight on that. Uh, but that interception was pretty bad. It looked like... Uh, no one really there, like, the, you know, the linebackers gets the ball thrown straight to him. So that one is on fields. But, again, 
would be nice to see if he gets some time and space to show what he can do as a passer. But unfortunately, in game one, that's, that was not the case. Green Bay just kept bringing pressure. It just seemed like Fields had to continue using his legs to move the chains. Um, but again, we that's that's not gonna that's not gonna continue to win games for this team. Uh, and the first fourteen minutes in this game, the Bears, like I said, their offense looked like it was doing something, um, but they just couldn't finish. They couldn't they couldn't get to where they needed to be to to add points to the board. Um, they ran twenty three plays, and these twenty three plays they. At 123 yards versus the Packers in this first 14 minutes, 17 plays for 52 yards. Um, and, and again, this this is what happens in a game like this, and this is where the coaching has to be better in the second half with adjustments. Uh, but we are going to get there, so let's let's not run too far ahead. Um, again, the second quarter, the offense starts to go downhill. Uh, at the seven-minute mark, play calling again becomes safe, just redundant. Offensive line is not giving Fields time. They are doing these weird run plays where it looks like it's just a toss in the shotgun formation, which just looks awkward. It's not like they're even running with Fields or a design run with Fields where he can toss it to the running back. It is just a, a strong toss. Out of, a, out of a shotgun formation. Not sure if they're trying to fool anybody with these plays, but they did not have any impact. I mean, these plays were a lot of them were getting hit behind the line of scrimmage or they were gaining one or two yards at a time, not really doing much for the offense to help set up any kind of future play. So it gets worse. The two-minute warning comes around, and it just, again... Horrible play calling on offense. Uh, and this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying that the Bears' offense was putting this defense in such horrible positions. Uh, these guys probably were gassed by this time because uh, there were so many drives that were cut so short that the defense had to continue to be on the, on the field. Uh, that They went ahead and in those last two minutes. They did have two blown coverages back-to-back. Uh, the Bears defense went ahead, and before the end of half, they did give up some points. Uh, but all in all, first half, Bears defense not as bad as, I mean, a lot of media out there is talking about the lack of um, pass rush and things like that. But again, they played well enough to keep the Bears in the game and to give the offense a chance to do something. And again, the offense didn't do anything. The league right now is built on offense. It does not matter how great a defense is. If your offense is not doing anything of any kind of uh, movement or any kind of killing the clock or holding the ball so you can give those defensive players a breather, what's going to happen? They're going to be gassed and they're going to go out there and they're going to start making mistakes and they're going to start not having that rest they need to go ahead and make some of these plays that need to be made. I, I don't want to make excuses for them, um, but it's it's the case. I mean, you got you got these high-tempo offenses being ran out there constantly, and if the Bears' offense isn't 
doing much to stay on the field, then yes, you're going to have a lot of guys not being able to create any sort of pass rush. You're not going to be um, having any way to go ahead and stop that pass rush because most plays you think they're going to be running the ball uh, because they're trying to control the game themselves. And it seemed like that was their plan was to run the ball a lot. And the Bears, again, did seem like they were able to stop the run most of this game. So as the third quarter comes in, the Packers just come out of the gates just with a way better game plan, uh, the adjustments, and everything. The, the Bears were just out-coached in that second half. The adjustments were a big difference in this game. Uh, again, the first half, it was a pretty close contest the whole way, and the Bears were dominating after the first quarter. Uh, but things took a turn for the worse, and it looks like they just commit to the run. Uh, they commit to the run so much that they go ahead and were able to run some play-action plays that get you know Aaron Jones open for a touchdown, a touchdown run, touchdown pass and run. I mean, uh, the Bears begin losing seventeen to six, and it just starts going downhill from there. Uh, there's ten minutes to go in the third quarter. The Bears, again, come off a play-action uh, play for their first down play. Instead of running the ball, doing anything to to create any kind of traction to run a play like this, uh, it just results in a sack. It's a free guy straight to, to Justin Fields. He doesn't even have time to run away and, and get any kind of positive yardage with his legs on this play. Uh, the Packers don't seem fooled at all. Uh, it's it's another it's another play um, that just results in nothing, and then right away after that, they go ahead and run another screen play, and and again the Packers defensive line is not even fooled for a second. You can see three guys right away instead of pursuing Justin Fields, turn straight away towards that that uh, screen screenplay and, and and stop it right in its in steps. I mean, it's just so readable that it, it didn't gain any kind of movement again for, for Justin Fields to be successful. He was just not put in a spot to be successful at all. Uh, Bears punt, and, and this right away gets a big return by the Packers. And again, field position won by the Packers. And what is this doing? Again, putting this defense in horrible spots to go ahead and defend. I mean, right away, you're in uh, the starting territory where you have to fight for 50 yards uh, instead of them starting at their 25 or their own 30. They're already on, you know, halfway mark or better. Um, and it, it's just something that continued to happen. Um uh, I personally didn't think Love looked amazing, but he was making the plays when they mattered. They were converting on fourth down, and they kept moving the ball and scoring. You know, the biggest part of what the offense needs to do in the NFL. If you're not scoring, or if you're not at least protecting the football, or doing enough to, you know, win that position battle, um, then you are going to have losing games like this. And, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, uh, every play after this in, in this 
third and fourth quarter is just Justin Fields continuing continuing to run for his life. Um, defense being put in bad position with turnovers and not moving the ball. Uh, again, Fields flashed when he was given some time, uh, but didn't look like he was scared to sit there and wait for his second or third option. Um, you know, there was a, a Mooney touchdown throw that looked really good. There's a lot of pressure coming to him on most of these plays, and he did sit there and show that he did have some ability to come out and look like, you know, the guy that they want him to be. But if, if you're going to put him back in the scenario where he was last year, then you're going to get exactly the same kind of production you did last year. We, we bring in, you know, all of this talent. Um, you know, we trade the first pick. And, and we get DJ Moore, and DJ Moore gets two catches and two targets the whole game. Uh, again, offensive line breaking down the way it is. It's not completely, you know, infield's hand at that point. There's not much you can do. You don't have time to, you know, even wait for DJ Moore or any of these other receivers to run their full route. This is what you're going to get. And, and again, there, there's a, a weird play after the Mooney uh, touchdown where, you know, Jordan Love fumbles. It's, it's a broken play. He picks up the ball and, and throws a dime to a tight end who's not covered at all. Uh, it's just, again, the defense at this point is probably almost just over it at this point because they're they're getting put in like again positions that you can't really do much about um it's it's not excusable they need to pick these things up and it's it's bad luck that love the ball bounces right into love's hand which makes it an easy turnaround and throw um and, and from there you know they're the, the green bay packers continue to put points on the on the board and it just looks like a miserable game um and, and the bears fans you know, we're getting a lot of criticism from, from players about booing and things like that. They're going to boo. They're going to boo when nothing is good Nothing is good happening. You know, we ju- they just come off a you know, three for 14 season, and it's looking the same this year. Again, the only thing that was of any shining light at the end of any kind of tunnel for, for the Chicago Bears was their defense. And a little bit of Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson did come in at the end of the game. Um, he did make some noise with some broken tackles. And he had some highlights that you could probably saw all around social media. Uh, but it doesn't matter when you when you're gonna lose the the game thirty you know to twenty. It doesn't make a difference. You know three three score loss is is nothing to be that happy about as a Chicago Bears fan or a Chicago, you know, Bears player. So things just need to change quickly uh, as as the second game approaches quickly, you know. Uh, but let's let's I, I want to kind of wrap up the 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 game on, on you know let's talk about the little glimmer of light for the positives uh, that did happen. You know, I understand it was hard to kind of see uh, with how bad the second half of the game turned out for the, the Chicago Bears. Um, the Bears' pass rush, you know, as, as lackluster as it was, they did do a great job of containing the run game of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, the Packers have a pretty great offensive line. 
Um, but the linebackers for the Bears were filling those gaps. Uh, they seemed to be reading things correctly in the beginning of the game. Uh, even in the first half, there was a play action uh, play in the red zone that was designed. You can tell it was designed to hit the tight end and the flat. And the Bears didn't seem to blink an eye. They were not fooled. Uh, and everything was covered. And Jordan Love had to throw that ball away. And they went ahead and had to settle um, at that point. So the the Bears defense did a great job in, in that uh First, that first half altogether, you know, um, they were just seemed like they were roaring. They had some intensity, but again, unfortunately, they were put in some bad spots throughout the whole game. Uh, the offense could not produce, and it just not much uh, more to it. I mean, yes, could have could could the defensive ends and the Bears defensive line have done a better job at creating some pressure. Uh, against the Green Bay Packers, yes. Um, could uh, there have been some more creative play calling from Allen Williams? 100% yes. Um, but they were doing enough things uh, to to keep these the Bears in the game and give them a chance to win the game. Uh, but the counterpart on the other side of things, on the other side of the ball, Luke Getzey and, and friends did not seem like uh, they were on the same page when it came to that. Um, Another bright spot was uh, rookie Tyreek Stevenson. He did show a lot of promise out there. Uh, he, he just seems like the best player so far coming out of the uh, the draft for the Bears this year. And not even just this game. All of training camp, all of OTAs, his name has been ringing throughout the organization. And it looks like they have found something great in Tyreek Stevenson. I mean, he looks like he's grasping this playbook pretty well. He's showing great instincts all the way around. He's just very physical. You can see him when he's making tackles. He's a sure tackler. I believe he finished with six tackles altogether, or one tackle for a loss. Um, you, you, could, you could see him making plays out there. Um, and if we were talking about what made the Bears lose the game, again, the biggest factor to this loss was those halftime adjustments. Um, the, the Bears, they just couldn't keep up with the Packers. The Packers seemed like in the second half, they were doing everything they could to make sure Love was protected on passing downs. They were bringing in extra guys. They are chipping. Um, they were helping in every way they could against any Bears pass rush. Uh, the Bears were sending a couple blitz here and there. Um, but again, they, they seemed like they picked them up. There was, there was no time really where they were that out of sync. You know, Ngakwe did get one sack, but that was really the only time the Bears uh, didn't have much pressure coming into this game on the on, on Jordan Love. Um, and, and a lot of times they were doing this, you know, after running on first and second down, you know, and getting into a short third and fourth down, you know, scenario. And they were taking chances and going for it on fourth down. Um, but... All, all those run plays were setting up play actions to put Jordan Love in successful spots. Uh, and, and you can tell they were running out of just the right formations over and over. They weren't just starting on a shotgun and then the next play they're in I formation trying to run that play action. No, they would keep running in that same formation and then run the play action right out of it. Uh, and, and again, like I said, it's just something the Bears, the whole game could not figure out. Uh, Justin Fields 
was again just running for his life on passing plays. And he wasn't able to trust his offensive line. Can you blame Justin Fields? No. Everyone around the league, you know, there's interviews out there. There's a lot of guys in the media talking about it. Justin Fields is not a bad player. He has played well. He has poise. He's not he's coming out erratic. He's not looking like he doesn't know how to manage the offense. Um, but when you can't trust your offensive line, you're not going to wait for that second or third option to be open. You're going to be looking down the field, seeing, hey, where are my running lanes? Because I know this pocket, once it breaks down, I have to find a way to pick up some yards for this team so we can have some chance in hell to even win this win this ball game. So just it just seemed like every time um, it collapsed, he was dumping it down or he was running to try to get any kind of positive yards. But again, there's a lot of penalties that were being called for holding that were bringing plays back. Uh, so me, to, to, to me, just that office, offensive game plan was just a disaster. Uh, the offensive line allowing 35-plus pressures. Um, and, and again, this this had to be addressed during halftime. There had to be adjustments. Getsy just let that offensive line sit on there on, a, on an island. Every one of those islands just began to sink quickly. Um, the Bears just seemed to not be able to get any push against the Packers' defensive line. Uh, it seemed like a lot of time those guys were being pushed into Justin Fields' lap. And, and even if there was a game plan uh, drawn up to put Fields in, in good situations, that execution was 100% poor. Let's look at a guy like Chase Claypool. Um, it doesn't look like he really cares to be on this team. He, he's big and continue to miss blocks, blocking assignments. I uh, get pushed around by a lot of smaller cornerbacks the whole way through. Uh, you got you to understand the Bears went ahead and committed a second round pick for him. Uh, but it might, just, just from this first game, it might be already time to, to start healthy scratching him. If, he, if he's just not going to put any kind of effort, he's not going to try to come out there and perform, he doesn't have any intensity, uh, we, the Bears have to be realistic. They got guys like EQ who can come out there and and block if they want to do these screenplays. Um, it, it just didn't look good, you know. A lot, a lot of teams in the first week didn't look good, if we're being honest. So I'm going to be a little bit hopeful on this Bears defense because they did come out. They seemed like they were doing their job for the most part. It seems like a good unit. Yes, there was some miscommunication here or there, and that could get cleaned up. So I, I have a lot of faith in that in that part of the Bears. Um, but this offensive line, if they can't wake up, they can't become a more uh, a cohesive unit, uh, this, this Bears team is going to have a tough season, you know. Um, I'm, tr I'm trying to have some faith for them for the rest of the season, but from what we saw in week one, this offensive line just has a lot of work ahead of them, uh, and they don't have a lot of time. So Luke Getze is going to have week two against the Bucks to prove he's not completely lost. Uh, when it comes to running an NFL offense, he just, right now, he has not proven much, and, and this is going to be one of the games where we're going to see if he's making the adjustments and he's going to do what's right uh, for Justin Fields and this team. 
Um, because if not, we're going to have this, this guy's going to be on the hot seat pretty quickly. Um, but with week two already being talked about, let's, uh, let's go ahead and look at what the Bears are going to be facing in week two. They are going to be going to Tampa against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are coming off a win against the Minnesota Vikings. And I watched this game as well. They looked like they had a great game plan when it did come to pressuring Kirk Cousins. Their defense did look actually pretty good. They were causing a lot of pressure, and their guys were flying around to the ball. Uh, I, I just think pressuring Kirk Cousins was part of their game plan, you know. They, they wanted to help keep that ball out of Jeff, Justin Jefferson's hand as much as they possibly could. Um, and, and Justin Jefferson's, there seemed like there was a couple of times where, you know, there were some big, you know, plays down the field for Justin Jefferson. You know, they'll pick up 20 to 30 yards, and, and then the defense would tighten up once more, and, you know, they'll have to settle either for a field goal or a punt. Um, but, you know, Baker Baker Mayfields, if we're talking about the quarterback on the other side, he, he showed at this end of this game that he's a winning quarterback still at the highest level. I mean, he was with the Browns when he had a, a good team around him then as well. And for me, I think the Buccaneers have a lot of talent on their roster. Um, before the season started, they did have so many people doubting what kind of team they were. Oh, this defense is old. But I was not one of those people. Uh, I think they just have a very talented defense and offense still around them. They have a lot of weapons. And this is just not going to be one of those cakewalks for the Chicago Bears. This is going to be a big game. This I, I don't want to say it's going to make or break the season since it's so early in the year. Uh, but the Bears need a lot of work to see uh, a W on this game. They're going to have to establish the run right away. Um, uh, if they want this team's pass rush to be slowed down, which they didn't see from the Packers, they need to establish running out of different formations instead of shotguns, um, these weird gimmicky plays. They need to have a little bit more of a more traditional offense in there that's going to make a little bit more sense for Justin Fields um, and giving him you know, a little wiggle room when it comes to passing the ball. We, we need to have them scared of, of the rush so we can successfully pass the ball. Um, I, I, and again, I, I think for me, um, it's going to be an exciting game. And both these teams, like I said, after watching week one of both their games, uh, Tampa Bay right now is leaps and bounds ahead of the Chicago Bears. Um, they are looking more like they could be a playoff teams, and the Bears don't look like they will even make it uh, close to six wins at this point. But again, it's very early in the season to kind of predict something like that. But there are some players I would like to see out of the gate have a great game in week two. And the first one, since we are talking about the running game, uh, Roshan Johnson getting put in there early. Even if it's for some pass protection, even if it's have a bruiser in there to kind of just uh, make this offense flow a little bit better. Have someone, you know to fight for some extra yards instead of some of the smaller backs like Herbert and Deontay Foreman. Just have somebody who can who can gain an extra yard or two because every positive yard right now and not starting off on first and 15, first and 20 is going to be a big help to Justin Fields in this offense. 
Another guy that I want to see some spark out of is going to be uh, another rookie, Jervon Dexter. It seemed like he wasn't really part of um, that game. That game one, uh, he did he did play more snacks, snorter snaps than Zach Pickens, who seemed like they didn't want to put him out there at all. And and that could be another problem with this defense. Maybe they do need to start, you know, carouseling carouseling some of these guys in and. You know, bringing fresh legs in and trying to do whatever they can because Justin Jones, you know, he does talk a lot. He's just animated. He's one of those locker room guys, but he is did not make a single impact on the field um, for all the big talk he did have about the Packers. Um, so what, in my opinion, the Bears are going to need to do to come out with a victory is figure out this pass protection. I mean, if, if the Bucks even do, you know, half of what the Packers did, then there is no shot in hell that the Chicago Bears come out with a victory against the Buccaneers. Um, there's a lot of faith in this, you know, the safeties and the cornerbacks of the Chicago Bears. Um, so send some linebackers and play some man-to-man. -man. Do anything you can to help bring some pressure to Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield is known to get a little bit erratic when there is some pressure in his face. Uh, so the Bears are going to have to go ahead and rattle that cage a little bit more if they want anything different to happen on this game. Um, if not, again, it's going to be the same thing as we just saw, and it's going to be another nasty Monday that no one's going to be happy about. And and it's it's going to be very unsettling to, to go into you know week three, 0 oh, and 2. So hopefully... Luke Getze, you know, and the rest of the coaching staff. And these players can can come in and actually make a difference and try and come in and want to, you know, rip someone's head off on, on game two because uh, it just did not look good for this offense. Again, very happy about some stuff that I saw from the defense, but the offense, I don't think there's one glimmer of shininess you know, or sparkle that came from it this week. Um, but I, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Again, I'm your host, Jose Soto. If you do want to give me a follow, I'm on Twitter at EthosBears. Uh, thank you again so much, and hopefully we get a Bears victory this Sunday.